You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole bunch to keep us busy on this Tuesday edition. I think it's safe to say winter is over, right? I am decreeing the winter of 2020 officially over. It was 60 degrees yesterday. It's going to be 60 degrees today. No more winter. That's it. I have uh, made that decree, and it's already done. So don't have to worry about any more snow for the year. It's just upward and onward. But lots to do over this next hour before Golik and Wingo come your way at 6 o'clock. Man, are they jam-packed today. 7.15, they'll have Nate Solder, the Giants' uh, left tackle. And I guess they're going to be talking to him about the, the CBA. So he's going to be on at 7.15 this morning. And if that was not enough for you, you got A-Rod at 9 o'clock. So a uh, big star-studded show of Golik and Wingo. Buster Only is going to be on at 6.30. A-Rod's at 9. Todd McShay. I'm sure he's got another mock draft rolling around. It's amazing. Usually for most teams and fan bases, you get a mock draft. Sometimes you like it. Sometimes you don't. It's almost like with the Dolphins, every single mock draft that comes out, it makes me feel worse and worse. Just when I thought it was bad when every team either had them taking Tua at five, then it was, no, you're going to have to trade up to three to get Tua and give away further draft assets. I didn't even, I like that even less. And now it's, no, you stay at five and you get Justin Herbert. Ugh. Ugh. That's awful. So. But if you want Todd McShay's latest mock draft, if you're not a fan of the Dolphins, I'm sure Todd will have something good for you, and he'll be on at 9.30 this morning. So lots of stuff to do. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer Daily. Poll question is up for today. It's running. Let's do the countdown. 12 days until Selection Sunday, which means, for me, I really got to get a move on with this movie thing that I floated out there yesterday. I put it out there, so now i got to do it. And it's amazing. Like you think, it's not that hard. Just come up with 64 movies. Slotting them in the right spots and coming up with the 16 movies. Like, i got a list of comedies, right? This is just the comedy division. Slapshot, Stripes, Spinal Tap, Trading Places, Tommy Boy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Blazing Saddles, Coming to America, Ferris Bueller, Anchorman, Elf, Back to the Future, Groundhog Day, Airplane, Naked Gun, Step Brothers, Napoleon Dynamite, Home Alone, Goonies, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, My Cousin Vinny, Dumb and Dumber, Office Space, Wedding Crashers, Caddyshack, Animal House, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's just the comedies. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Like 25 movies right there. Wow. <laughs> I got I to gotta narrow that down somehow to 16. Just for the comedies. And you could take, you know, maybe Back to the Future doesn't really qualify as a comedy per se. Maybe that goes in the wild card division. But even then, all those other ones, and I did make one other stipulation for the movie tournament because I know all you, you the comic book nerd boys are going to be, well, you have to have this Marvel movie in there and you have to have that Marvel movie. Each franchise only gets one. So if it's the Marvel movies, you got to pick the Harry Potter like Brian was suggesting yesterday. All right, you get a Harry Potter movie, but it's only one of them. Star Wars, you only get one. Raiders of the Lost Ark or, or Indiana Jones, you only get one. So that's going to narrow down. But unfortunately for the comedies, there's, there's not a, a, a series 
that's going to uh, be able to do that. So 12 days until Selection Sunday, 51 until the NFL draft, and 23 until opening day in Major League Baseball. And uh, first off, let's run the Yankees' day without an injury calendar all the way up to four. Yes! We got through yesterday, so we got Friday. We backed that up with Saturday, Sunday, and then we got through Monday without anything. Crank it up, baby, all the way to four. It's amazing. Well, the problem with that is there was no update yesterday on Aaron Judge. He apparently reportedly underwent more tests, no results announced, and the old phrase, no news is good news, I don't know if that's the case in this case. Mostly because it feels like, and again, this could be my own negativity, it feels like that whenever the news does come down, it's going to be bad news. It's just a degree, what, what degree of bad news are you going to get? Out of all the possibilities that are out there and rolling around mostly in my head, the Yankees coming out and saying, you know what, guys, turned out to be a false alarm. That doesn't really seem like a realistic possibility. It doesn't seem like they're going to come out and say, you know what, it was just a glitch. He's uh, actually, it felt, he took two Tylenol and all of a sudden it went away. He's fine now. That doesn't seem like that's a real possibility. Something is going on inside the shoulder. And the fact that they then brought up over the weekend, he's also having some sort of issue with his pec. That doesn't make me feel any better. Now all of a sudden the, the problem is growing. And it feels like if they had any good news... They would have announced it. That's not necessary. If they had bad news, maybe they waited a day or two to get further clarification. But if they had any good news, it feels like that would be out there already. Now, no news is not necessarily bad news. Maybe they just need more clarification. Maybe they didn't get an answer with the test that they ran yesterday and they, they're going to do more. I feel like at some point you got to run out of tests. But at least as of right now, as of 5.06 on Tuesday morning, March 3rd, at least for now, no update on Aaron Judge. And at least for now, four complete days in a row, no bad news on the injury front for the Yankees. Now, one other Yankee note, and I'm not going to spend that much time on it. Maybe you saw this report, the Yankees and Mets discussing a possible trade. Steven Matz, the name being mentioned. All the Yankees probably have to do is give up Glaber Torres. It feels like every time the Glaber Torres. No, we're not going to give you Glaber Torres. Uh, well, the problem with that report, and I don't know what talks even means. Does that mean simply the Yankees went to the Mets and said, hey, do you have any interest in dealing Steven Matz? And the Mets said, no. Does that qualify as talks? Because that feels like that's probably close to what happened. It makes no sense because, A, We know the Yankees and Mets are not going to be making a deal unless, for the Mets, they feel like they're just, it's so overwhelming that they have to make that deal. We've gone down this road, it feels like the last two years at least. It feels like it's actually been the last three years. But you know, the other part of it is, and I don't know that I've necessarily seen any names concretely associated with the report, but it it seemed like a lot of people were like, well, what about Matt's for, for Miguel Andujar? If the, uh, you think I feel bad now about Aaron Judge? Oh my God. If they did that, ugh. <laughs> all of a sudden, Justin Herbert to the Dolphins at five doesn't seem nearly as bad. Well, can the Mets really afford to move a starting pitcher? 
it still doesn't feel like they've really replaced Wheeler. All right, but they got six starters, right? One of those starters is Michael Waka. Now, maybe Michael Waka comes to the Mets and he's healthy and he has this huge bounce back year. I guess that's possible. He's had one above average year since 2015. And he's not exactly the picture of health. Plus, let's say it's for Andujar. Where does he play on the Mets? McNeil's at third, right? Cano's playing second. So McNeil has to play third. Left field is some combination of J.D. Davis, Cespedes, if he's healthy, Dom Smith. Now, I'm not saying that Andujar wouldn't be better than those players. I think J.D. Davis, at least the season that he had last year, I think is pretty is pretty comparable. But he's a player learning the position, not that J.D. Davis is any gold glove in left field. I just don't see that being a match. That doesn't seem like a real upgrade for the Mets where the it seems like the issue is outside of their top two starters and maybe Stroman, who I don't expect to pitch like the top two, but all right, the back end of the rotation and the bullpen. The Mets lineup, I think, is pretty much set unless somehow they were able to get somebody who was going to be some huge upgrade in center field. But if they were going to do that, they would have done that by now. Speaking of things that make no sense on this earthly world. The Knicks got a win last night. Can you believe it? They beat the Rockets at the Garden, 125-120. Yeah, yeah, play the music, Brian, sure. Um, I mean, look, let's put up a banner, right? Beat the Rockets in early March. Uh, Knicks led by 21, had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> and i got to be honest, when that fourth quarter started, it felt like that lead was going to disappear in about a second and a half. But no, they, they held on, and really... I don't think they ever lost the lead. I don't believe the game was ever even tied. There were moments, and it was a fun game overall, and it just shows you on a very small scale if the Knicks could ever be relevant again. I mean, it's been so long since they've been relevant, especially in March. I mean, the last few years you get to March, this season, I mean, oof, it's an afterthought. But last night was kind of a reminder of if the Knicks could ever get not even good, just decent, just so you could actually watch them and be entertained. And they killed the Rockets on the glass, 65-34. to 34. And the big headline, at least on the court, R.J. Barrett matched his season high, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And I think that, not that he needed a game like that, but that's kind of the game that you're looking for. You know, coming out of the break, it seems like that break really benefited R.J. Barrett. He had a lot of I mean, let's be honest, he had a lot of stinkers. Now he's 19 years old. It's his rookie season. He's been dealing with the injury. He missed time because of that. So, And he's playing on a terrible team, right? I mean, you have to consider that as well. So coming out of the break, he's really had some strong games. Last night, the strongest. He was good against, uh, I think, the Bulls, was it? He had like 19 or 20 points that night. So good to see R.J. Barrett. You're hoping that as you, not to wrap up the season because they still got 20-something games to go here, but as you kind of wrap up the year and play this final stretch of games that R.J. Barrett can finish strong. Some ups, some downs, rookie season, that's what you expect. But more games like last night and fewer games where he has, you know, five points and really struggles shooting. It's pretty clear what his issues are. Shooting the basketball, foul line, those are things that he's got to work on. But at 19 years old, you're just looking at this point, I think, for the Knicks to get through this season with R.J. Barrett and, and feel more definitive that he is going to be able to develop.
especially given the Knicks' track record of being able to develop players, which is not very high. Mitchell Robinson, a contributor last night, 12 points, 13 rebounds. Frank Nielakina had a big defensive stop to end it. <laughs> As we're throwing out, he had 11 points. You go, Frank. Good for you, Frank. Julius Randle. All right, we don't have to get carried away with the music there, bro. Julius Randle, 16 and 16. He had a big block in the fourth quarter. Oh, Wayne Ellington. Oh, you know, some of the guys that uh, not should not really be in the long-term plans, even though uh, Julius Randle is going to be, you would think, here for a little while. But none of that really was the headline with the Knicks yesterday. No, the headline, of course, was Leon Rose in the house last night. He is in as the new Knicks team president. No press conference. He did send out a letter to, I think it's ticket holders, season ticket holders, which said in part, quote, nothing about this is easy or quick. So I ask for your continued patience. What I promise you in return is that I will be honest and forthright. We will develop a plan that makes sense both to jumpstart our short-term growth and ensure our long-term success. Our team will work hard, stick together, and ensure we live up to the honor of wearing the New York Knicks jersey. So no press conference yesterday. And that ties into our poll question for today. The fact that Leon Rose and the fact that Knicks, I'm sure it wasn't just his decision, did not hold a press conference yesterday. Is that a big deal? Is that something that you wanted to hear from Leon Rose? And is it a problem that he did not have it and did not answer any questions, right? That's the part of the press conference. It's not just to go up there and give you... um you know, your idea about this or that, but answer some questions about what went on. And maybe not just him answering questions, but the Knicks organization answering some questions. Why did Steve Mills get fired when he did? Why and why wasn't he fired? Why was he moved to someplace else within the organization? What is the long-term plan? All these different questions that are out there. So that's the poll question. So yesterday I had to go to Costco with my wife. So... I assumed it would Tuesday's a good day to go because it's not that crazy, it's not that busy. I did not factor in the coronavirus panic. And that's the key thing to remember, people. Let's not panic. Let's not pretend that we haven't gone through things like this before. Ebola. Ebola. Swine flu. Zika. Measles. Well, measles is a little long ago, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. It's fair. Y2K. Well, that's not a disease, Brian. I don't know. I know, but have you seen that meme? Yeah. All right. Well, got to cut off track there. But the the main thing is we walk in and the place is bananas. And at first you're thinking to yourself, and then it dawns on you. The funny thing to me is, is that all these people are stocking up, right? You have people walking around the store in these masks. First off, people, those masks that you put over your face, those aren't doing anything for you. You put the mask on so you don't transfer it to another person. That's what that does. It doesn't do anything for you putting something over your face. That doesn't do anything. So we're walking around and all these people are buying toilet paper and bottles of water and all all these different things. You know what I noticed? They're so concerned about the spreading of germs. They're not so concerned, though, that they're still not taking the free samples at the end of the aisle. No, no. Well, you know what? Look, you know, yes, I'm stocking up on toilet paper and water and I'm wearing a mask out in public. that makes me look like an idiot. But you know what? Those little cheese puffs at the bottom of the aisle, you know, there's no reason to get rash. 
Still got to eat one of those. All right. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. The Knicks going out last night and getting a win, beating the Rockets at the Garden. Fun game, exciting game, exciting finish right down to the wire. But, of course, that's not in a season. I always love that anytime the Knicks get a halfway decent win, they'll always ask Mike Miller, is this the best win of the year? It's not like there's a long list, right? They got 19 of them, so he should be able to rattle them off pretty quick. And he wasn't even here for all of them. So for him, I would think it would be pretty easy. And I would think that last night, just in terms of the game and the opponent, has to be pretty high up on the list. But no, the headline, obviously, is Leon Rose. No press conference yesterday. And I got to be honest, if you've listened, I wanted to hear from him. Because I want to hear what Leon Rose's approach is going to be. He doesn't have a track record, right? He's a former agent. And anytime you hire an agent, not that it's the first time that that's ever happened, but generally, if you hire an agent, you would think it's not about development, it's not about drafting, it's not about long-term plan as much as it is. Here's a guy who knows the power people within the league, and he's going to be able to get you within that room and make your pitch more so than the regular general manager. He's a mover and a shaker, and Leon Rose certainly has that reputation. So our poll question, which is up for today, it's on uh, Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is the fact that they did not hold a press conference yesterday, is that a big deal? Is that a big deal? Well, I would have liked a press conference, I'll be honest with you. I was listening to uh, the Michael K. show yesterday. Don and Michael were batting it back and forth. Michael of the opinion that, yeah, they should have had a press conference. Don of the opinion that, you know, we've been down this road before. I don't know how they came up with the state mottos. But Missouri's is the show me state, which is a I don't know all the state mottos off the top of my head. I got to feel like that's the best state motto, the show me state. And really, that doesn't belong in Missouri. That belongs in New York. New York should be the show me state. New York should be the state where, you know what? We're not just going to believe what you tell us. We're not going to be gullible. We need evidence, adequate evidence evidence. So yes, I would have liked a press conference yesterday. Who knows? Maybe at some point, I'm guessing at some point, Leon Rose will have to answer questions. Maybe after he's had the chance to kind of look things over and get a feel for the roster. Although he's been floated as the idea, you know, it seemed like it was pretty clearly going to be his job here for the last month or so. But when it really gets down to it, it doesn't really matter what Leon Rose would have said yesterday, what his plan would have been, because it's all just words. And anything that he said is going to be taken with a grain of salt, not even a grain of salt, a massive amount of salt, a, uh, one of those salt trucks when they salt the roads, that amount of salt. So it'll be much more about what he actually does as the, the team president, and he's got big decisions to make, and I would assume that those decisions would start shortly after the season's over, right? Let's The trade deadline is gone. He, the fact that he is saying that he is going to be patient at this point really doesn't mean all that much because there's not really much he can do right now. Unless he were to say, you know what, I want Tom Thibodeau to be the head coach. We're moving Mike Miller out. We're moving... That would be a strange move to make at this point when this season's over. It's all about trying to evaluate whatever talent you may have on your roster right now and then coming up with what the plan is going to be moving long term. 
But at the end of the day, in terms of the press conference, to me, it doesn't really matter. I feel like I've been down that road before. I've seen all these press conferences before. And generally what people say and what people do don't always match up. A lot of times because you don't know what you don't know at that point and things change on the fly and you have to be able to uh, adapt and change with them. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what he says. It matters what he does. And the first thing I would think for Leon Rose to to take care of, and this is not something that you and I are going to be able to really know about unless there's some reporters who are able to, to find this out, is to get everyone within the organization aligned on the same page. As I brought up before, behind the scenes with the Knicks, the drama and the intrigue and the power searching and everything, people fighting for power, who's really pulling the strings? Behind the scenes, the Knicks are like Game of Thrones. So if he is able to come in as the team president and get everybody on the same page, that would be, and it's not like he's going to be able to answer a question and say that and prove it. So it's really going to be the proof is in the pudding and uh, the show me state, that should be New York and it should uh, regard to the New York Knicks. Now, one thing that I do think that is completely overblown, and again, you can vote on the poll question up on Twitter at Gordon Damer, is this idea that Leon Rose has to do this or that quickly because Jim Dolan is not a patient man. No patience with James Dolan. So whatever your plan is, it can't just be open-ended. It can't be that you just think, okay, this is the best path forward because there are factors that are different here than in other places. You can't develop players over the long term because, and you have to go the free agent route because James Dolan wants it now. He has no patience. Well, that to me is completely untrue. First off, Leon Rose, in terms of fans, does not have to rush any plan because Nick fans are by far the most patient. They've been waiting basically for 20 years, and if you throw them any little scrap of food whatsoever, they'll make it out like it's filet mignon. Patience is not an issue either with James Dolan. Now, I'm not telling you James Dolan doesn't have issues as an owner, but go through the names. Patience has not been the problem. Hiring the wrong people has been the problem. And I don't know if Leon Rose is the right guy or the wrong guy. We'll find out. Let's give him a chance to see what he does. But Phil Jackson's problem was not he didn't have enough time to put it forth. Steve Mills' problem certainly was not a problem of patience. Even going back to Isaiah, Isaiah had plenty of time. Even Scott Layden, plenty of time. The Knicks have their problems. Talent being number one. Having a plan. Their record. Their track record in developing players, their vision, their perception around the league and around the sports world. Patience is not one of them. Here the midcourt logo against Tucker. Finder shoot. Barrett off the high screen. Goes left on Tucker. The drive. The running left-hander. It's good. 7.6 to go. Knicks by three. And a timeout for the Rockets. All right, so there you go. Ed Cohen, the call here on 98.7 FM. R.J. Barrett, game-winning jumper last night. Knicks get a win against the Rockets, 125-123. And uh, nice that Barrett was able to come through there after that three-point attempt. Uh, I think it was the previous possession, which was uh, nowhere remotely close. <laughs> so there were some uh, some plays down the stretch of that game that uh, for the Knicks, just as well that they, they were able to pull it out. That being one of them there is uh, R.J. Barrett. 
27 points for him, and the Knicks get a win. Leon Rose, obviously the headline there, and that is the uh, focus of our poll question, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it is, uh, is it a big deal that the Knicks did not hold a, a press conference for Leon Rose yesterday? Did you have questions you want answered? Yeah, absolutely. But I think that no matter what questions those are, you're going to have to see the fact that the Knicks have been this bad for this long. At this point, they have no real trust with you. And even though Leon Rose just walked in the door, I think it's going to be about his actions, not necessarily about his answers. His answers could be whatever they want to be. And we've seen plenty of people, not just with the Knicks, but other organizations say one thing and then do the other. Let's see what actually the plan comes out to be. And uh, we won't see that probably until after the season. But you can vote on the poll question. It's uh, up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And uh, you can get that there. Now, a couple other things that uh, I wanted to mention. Did you have, do we have any, uh, Larry David? How fantastic of an episode was Curb Your Enthusiasm this week about the Jet fan who uh, just couldn't take it anymore. So he decides to uh, off himself. And I was watching, Curb has had a, a phenomenal, like, bounce back season. I gotta be honest, like, I'm a huge Larry David fan and a huge Curb fan. Season, I think it was nine, was not the strongest season. This season, I feel like it absolutely has been. And I was saying to my wife, like, out of all the characters on all the TV shows, that's the guy <laughs> I would want to be. You know, here's the life. He's, he's loaded, right? He gets to play golf all the time. He's, he's not got anything really important to do. Goes to lunch with his friends every day. Has enough free time and money. Can open up a spite store. That's the life. And my wife said to me, you know, leave it to you to pick someone who is like one of the more – she was, I think she used the word despicable characters on TV. I'm like, he's not despicable. He's lovable. He's endearing and he's honest and he has the ability to be honest in all situations. I'll be honest with you because I'm honest too. Isn't Ted Danson the far more despicable character on the show? He Larry's wife. He gets divorced with his wife, and Ted Danson starts dating his wife? That's a far more despicable move. All right, so um, the one piece of video that I kept seeing yesterday had nothing to do with Kirby or enthusiasm. Why are, why are people surprised Mike Trout can hit a golf ball really far? I get that it's a cool piece of video to see it just, like, launch into the night, and you have to assume, at least I did, that the, the golf ball just blew up, right? Like, it just got hit so hard that it just shattered into a billion – into a fine mist – but why people were going crazy? I would assume most baseball players, most athletes, can hit a, especially baseball players, hit a ball off a tee really far. I don't understand why people were getting all worked up about that. All right, so the football stuff. Yannick Ngakwe has made it clear to team uh, to his team, the Jaguars, he does not want to be back there. He wants to to move someplace else. And when you're talking about someone who has had the career that he has and the numbers that he has and the age that he is and all those type of things, obviously there's going to be a huge market for him. And he sent out a tweet, the Jaguars are aware I no longer have interest in signing a long-term contract in Jacksonville. Duval, I love you. Gave you guys everything I got. I'm thankful for the journey and look forward to continuing my career Elsewhere. Now, first off, I would not think that that I'm sure that the Jaguars are not uh, quaking in their boots saying to themselves, oh, well, I guess we're going to lose him because they could they could keep him with the franchise tag or who knows. Maybe this is just negotiating as well. 
Generally, teams are not in the business of getting rid of young pass rushers with the track record already uh, that Yannick Ngakwe has. And you've seen this happen, I guess it was last year, right? D. Ford, Chiefs franchised him, moved him to the Niners for a second-round pick. Seattle with Frank Clark. I think they, what did they get back for Clark? Was that like a first and a fourth or something like that? They got, I think they got multiple picks back, or maybe there was another pick going back the other way. Regardless, you've seen this kind of move happen before, and with all these young pass rushers that seemed like they would be available this offseason, doesn't seem like there's going to be really any of them at all that actually get made available because teams are going to either franchise them or, or work out long-term deals. But in terms of Ngakwe, if he does become available, that's obviously a guy that would be of interest, or at least should be, for both the Giants and the Jets. Giants ended last season 22nd in the NFL, 36 sacks. They have $73 million in cap space available. So in terms of whatever contract they would want to give, they certainly could. The problem for the Giants is that if you're talking about moving picks, Giants aren't exactly loaded with premium picks. As a re- Now, they have the very high first-round pick, but you're not going to move that. And it seems pretty clear that Dave Gettleman has no interest whatsoever in, in moving down, really. You heard that cut where he said, yeah, we're open for business, and then listed all the ways that moving down is just fraught. I believe fraught was the first word that he was going to use. Fraught with disaster. So unless the Giants are able to move down in the first round and kind of stockpile some picks, which would not be the worst move in the world, but one that I think is very unlikely to happen, it seems hard to believe that the Giants are going to be able to come up with a package of picks to send to Jacksonville for Ngakwe when they don't have a third-round pick. And their second-round pick is going to be a super-high pick. I don't know exactly what number it is overall. So I think that the Giants are going to be out at least partially because of the deal that they made for Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams was a move that they did not need to make at the time, didn't make any sense. And that's one of those ones that was not in hindsight. That was in the moment. The the moment that the move was made, it did not make sense. And now you're seeing just the ramifications of that even further. Now for the Jets, how many years in a row have we said, you know what the, the, the Jets really need? They could use a pass rusher. And here's the situation that's perfectly lined up for them. Now, I don't know whether or not Ngakwe is going to be moved, but that is a player that the Jets absolutely should be in on. Now, last year, I don't know what they had in terms of sacks. Only two players on the Jets roster recorded more than three sacks last year. Jordan Jenkins had eight. Jamal Adams had 6.5. Not exact. Jamal Adams is a phenomenal player, but the fact that the safety is your second best pass rusher is probably probably shows you you need a pass rusher. The Jets own the 48th, 68th, and 79th picks on day two of the draft. If it is true that Ngakwe will be available, the Jets have the money to be able to sign him to a long-term deal, and that has been something that has eluded the Jets. It feels like forever. So there will be other teams, I'm sure, that are uh, are interested. Miami, my team, is, is certainly a team that has more than enough picks and cap space to be able to make a deal. 
Anytime, if it does turn out that Ngakwe is available, teams will be lining up for young pass rushers. When you talk about the positions that actual teams invest actual money in, outside of the quarterback, number two on the list is pass rusher. So I'm sure that the list of teams will be long, but the Jets absolutely should be on that list. And if it does turn out that they move one of the picks or able to move a pick because they got the other pick because of Leonard Williams, boy, that move, which was already a slam dunk for the Jets to begin with, is even more of a slam dunk. It's a uh, Russell Westbrook fourth quarter last night slam dunk that he uh, was able to just pull out of nowhere. That's how big of a slam dunk it would be. We, of course, have been talking a lot about the Knicks this morning. And that is the focus of our poll question, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Leon Rose officially taking over yesterday, does so without holding a press conference. Is that a big deal? You can vote on the poll question, either yay or nay. I would say no. I said uh, that uh, to me at this point it's about action, and it's going to probably be a little while, you would think, before there was any action from Leon Rose in terms of uh, who he's going to hire as GM. I think that would probably be the next step. Maybe if it's going to be Scott Perry, they'll announce that. Of course, the head coach will probably wait until after the season, and then the, the real fun begins in terms of changes and, and actually seeing what the plan is in place. But, of course, the other story that we kind of led with this morning was that we've now made it four full days in a row without anybody getting hurt at Yankee camp, which is, I think, a new record, at least for this year. I don't think we went four days at any other point this year without anybody getting hurt. But, of course, there has not been an update as of yet on Aaron Judge. He underwent more tests yesterday. No results announced. And they would usually say, well, no news is good news. I don't know that no news is good news in this case, mostly because it feels like this is going to be bad news. It's just what degree of bad news is this going to be? And if I gave you, if we were going to have, maybe this will be the poll question tomorrow. If I gave you the chance, Aaron Judge will be back and healthy. On July 1st, would you take that deal right now? We don't know what's wrong with him. It's at least possible that rest and rehab will take care of whatever he is going to, uh, whatever the issue is. It seems unlikely at this point, but maybe that's the possibility, right? Like if you go through all these tests and they still don't find anything wrong with you, like what, what, what could you possibly do, right? You're not going to have surgery on something where you can't find anything wrong with you, so you're just going to have to kind of rest and rehab it, and who knows when that eventually takes care of it. I heard that uh, Michael and Don talking yesterday about, well, you know, now that uh, Stanton's not going to be there for opening day, there's a possibility judges, and I'm, I'm counting opening day out already. Maybe that's my negative, my negativity, but I'm already counting that out of the, the realm of possibilities. Opening day. I would be, I think the better judge, I don't think I would take July 1st. I'd like to think that, I mean, July 1st is a long way away. But if I put it at June 1st, June 1st, I would probably take that deal. If you told me Aaron Judge will be back, whatever his issue is, it will be fixed, however they're going to fix it, by June 1st, would you take that deal? Yeah, I think I probably would. Because right now, the fact that he went through the original MRI didn't find anything and now is just undergoing test after test after test where they're trying to figure out what the heck it actually is. It feels like if there were any good news, if there was going to be good news, you would think that that there's no reason not to announce that news. 
if it's bad news, there is a reason why you don't announce that news. You're, you're figuring out the course of treatment. You're finding out what degree the, the, the injury it really is. So it feels like whenever there is an announcement on Aaron Judge, it does not feel like they're going to say, hey, guys, you know what? It, uh, it's just a false alarm. He's fine. Took a couple of ibuprofen, did a couple of uh, essential oils, and he's uh, ready to roll. He's good to go. He's good to go. So we'll see if we get an update on Aaron Judge and his situation today. As far as the Knicks, beat the Rockets last night, 125-123. Knicks led by as many as 21. 10-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. R.J. Barrett, very strong out of the All-Star break last night, 27 points to go along with five rebounds and five assists. And I think that that, uh, out of all the things that I'm actually looking forward to, and I don't know that it is all that much, over the course of this next season that I'm looking forward to over the final 20-plus games or whatever it is, seeing R.J. Barrett on more nights than most going out there and putting up maybe not 27 points a game, but strong offensive games, strong overall performances, not struggling with his shot as he has at times this year. You know, when he suffered that injury and then missed time and then kind of came back and struggled, it felt like the season... Granted, it's his rookie year, so you're just trying to get your feet wet and try to establish yourself and and get through a year where you're not missing too much time because of injury and just trying to set a standard for what you're looking for for the next season. But if he could finish the year like he has been playing here since the All-Star break, I think he had just one bad game. I don't remember what game that was. But he had one bad game, really, out of the four or five that they played since the All-Star break. And last night, 27 points, is able to hit the go-ahead shot or the game-clinching shot last night because I think they had the lead throughout the fourth quarter. But, you know, game was getting tight. He had a bad three-point attempt on the previous possession, comes down, and is able to get the game-winning or the game-clinching shot with uh, about five seconds to go. So that's what you're looking for. And it doesn't seem like, maybe this will change, it doesn't seem like the Knicks at any point here are going to go with hey, let's play all the young guys and just give everybody a lot of run. Maybe they will over like maybe the last 10 games or so. But again, last night, you can't complain too much because they did win. But another game where where Dotson doesn't play, another game where Trier doesn't play. So it doesn't feel like the Knicks are ever going to say, you know what, let's just see what we have on this roster and give these guys some serious run for a 10- to 15-game stretch. But R.J. Barrett's won. Mitchell Robinson's the other, and maybe internally that's what the Knicks really feel like in terms of young players. Those are the only real young players that they look at as real building blocks moving forward. It certainly seems that way in terms of playing time. Frank played, uh, I think, 29 or 30 minutes last night, so maybe maybe they still have a, a future for with him, but uh, it feels like in terms of the players that are on the Knicks roster and all the talk about young players here and young players there, based on what they're actually who they're actually playing – you would think that just R.J. Barrett and uh, Mitchell Robinson are the guys that they view as long-term pieces. And then the other thing that we talked about this morning, Yannick Ngakwe, the uh, pass rusher for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who wants out of Jacksonville and has made it clear to them, I guess both on a one-on-one basis and also on Twitter, that uh, he makes sense for both the Jets and Giants. The problem is it doesn't. Re- it's kind of hard to envision a scenario where the Giants are going to be involved in that, considering the lack of draft picks that they have. They do have plenty of cap space, and maybe, who knows? It doesn't really seem like a move that 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 Gettleman would make, right? Like, try to stockpile some picks by moving down and then moving one of those picks. That, that doesn't seem like the building block uh, 
way that the that, that he would go. And for all the talk about uh, where the Giants are going to go at, with that fourth pick if they do stay there, which you certainly think so, it feels more and more to me like it's not going to be a defensive player. It's going to be an offensive lineman. The one thing that I mentioned earlier that I did not get to do, let's do it quickly. Daniel Jones was asked last night at the Nick game, does it bother you that Joe Judge has not named you the starter? Here's something Joe Judge could learn from Daniel Jones. Here's his answer. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I understand Coach's policy and, and talking about players and, and kind of his, uh, you know, his stance on that and, you know, certainly understand and respect that. He's the a, he's a head coach and, um, you know, I think we're, we're all trying to, to earn our jobs and, and uh, do what we can to improve as players. See what Daniel Jones there did? He was able to answer what the question was on MSG 150 without actually saying anything. The only factual statement that he gave you there was that Joe Judge is the head coach. And that is true. Nobody can debate that. Joe Judge is the head coach. And he didn't lie to you. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't come up with some cockamamie thing where, like Joe Judge is, where, oh, well, we're not going to name the starter. No, he answered the question, didn't really say anything, but put words together that made it seem like he answered the question. Good, uh, good job by Daniel Jones. He certainly handled that question a whole lot better than Joe Judge did when it was his turn at uh, the uh, Combine last week. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. We're back tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. We'll have an edition of Headlines. So Wednesday is always that day. Poll questions up. Please vote on it. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.